Hello and welcome along to the 98 Not Out podcast. Today we are talking about the new Ben Stokes documentary which has debuted on Amazon Prime Video, Phoenix from the Ashes. A real must watch for all cricket fans. Let's get into it. Now last week we mentioned the Ben Stokes documentary which... Mm. um, Landed on Friday on Amazon. Have you seen it? I've seen all but the last 15 minutes of it. And do you know why? Mm-hmm. Because Mrs. Webb oh, yeah. came in and went, don't want to watch this. I went, oh, yeah, fine, I okay. I'll watch, I'll watch the last 15 minutes another time then. What do you want to watch? Don't know. So we ended up watching... 100? <laughs> if only. <laughs> something like Changing Rooms or some nonsense oh. like that. I don't know. So, but compelling... She wanted to turn it over just as they were going through the, the headingly piece. Yeah. Just before he hit the winning runs and all of that. And I was like, you are not coming anywhere <laughs> near the remote while this bit's happening. Um, but, oh, well, yes. What a piece of work. It's yeah. a very interesting story. He's, he's clearly a very complex character and has had all kinds of things to deal with. Yeah. Do you think if... Uh, Bristol didn't happen and a very sad episode with his father um, succumbing to cancer if you think those two things didn't happen would he be would he hit the same heights would he have been the same cricketer well Stuart Broad in the documentary said when he came back after the Bristol thing he came back I can't remember what word I think he used disciplined he came back as a more disciplined character um and then I think he corrected himself and said focused. Um, so you kind of wonder whether that was actually the making of the band. You know, mm. did, he, did he kind of step back from that and go, do you know what, I've got to change. My character is not where it needs to be. Um, and, you know, obviously <laughs> mental health is a, is, a, is a tough thing for anyone to talk about. And Ben Stokes admits that himself. You know, he says it's something that, you know, men just don't acknowledge it. And, you know, you, you can't talk about it. It's a sign of weakness kind of thing. Um, so coming through that and now being able to openly talk about it, I think shows the maturity of the man now. He himself said, you know, well, I think it might have been when he was talking to, to Sam Mendes, who is the producer of the programme, if you've not seen it. Um, so, you know, as soon as you as soon as you hit 30, people give you more respect because they say, oh, how old are you? Oh, 30-something. Sounds better than 29. Um, so I think it probably happened at the right time in his life, as well as his career. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, anyone losing their father to, to cancer at any age, let alone as young as that, mm. um, obviously he's got to take a toll on them. But I think, fortunately, Ben seemed to have been in a, in a strong enough mental position at the time and, and comfortable in his own skin by that point. I mean, God knows what, what would have happened had that happened a couple of years earlier, either around the, the Bristol situation or prior to that. Um, but you know we spoke last week on the show I think about Stokes coming out and saying how dare people question whether I was going to be capable of taking on the England captaincy and we said well it's not that people questioned it people just feared as to you know was he back in the right place after you know after his temporary layoff and (laughs) as we've seen uh, he seems to be doing all right at the moment yeah I mean he personifies what you know a sort of a, a new chapter in English cricket in England cricket 
Um, and we've seen with this series of the cricket this sort of summer since, you know, a pretty abject winter. A um, few things I noticed watching that. Um, firstly, did you spot that when he was talking to Sam Mendes in that sort of comfortable studio, he had a New Zealand accent? <laughs> and then everywhere else in there, he had a, a, a sort of a Durham accent. Did you spot that? Uh, I did spot the Durham accent. I must admit, I didn't particularly spot the New Zealand accent. I wonder if, if that watch was it again. Yeah, I will. well, I've still got fifteen minutes. To well, yeah. Um, I wonder if that's you know the Durham accent. I know there was a piece when he was walking through, where I assume was. No, I don't think it was Durham actually. Was it, it was co- Cocker Cockermouth? Yeah. Mm. Um, but that seemed to be quite a quite a, a local accent. I would say maybe the Sam Mendes piece was filmed either in New Zealand or just after he come back from New Zealand where yeah. he might have just picked up a bit of the twang yeah I did, think, did think he looked not frail that's not the right word but fragile he, well yeah maybe maybe physically and mentally fragile and and I think at the start of the documentary Mendes acknowledges that actually it was done when he was at his lowest point and I think you can really see that yeah yeah he, to me he seems to have been and probably carrying the baggage of being a troubled soul. He was born in New Zealand and led his early life in New Zealand and he, his family emigrated up to Cockermouth. I think he was about, was he about 10 or 11? Yeah. I think. yeah. And, and clearly didn't want to. No, and there were some photos of him and he didn't yeah. look a happy bunny. And my view, and it's only my view, that I don't think that aspect has ever left him. He seems to be someone that's fighting with himself. Um, and sort of channeling that, channeling that into a very competitive edge. The beast mode. Yeah, that's, that's right. Said, isn't it? And when he was doing the training on the, on the beach, you know, you can just imagine him kind of just running and running and running. Mm. And just, I think they, they, they said, uh, I think it was the England conditioning coach, or whoever was the conditioning coach at the time, said that he, would, he wants to hurt himself. He, he won't stop until it hurts. Mm. And I think physically and mentally, I think he yeah. pushes himself to the absolute limit but you know you go back to those younger days when he was in Cockermouth and he was openly talking about how much trouble he used to get into and how many fights he yeah. there was down, someone, that, down that alleyway there yeah yeah and then there was someone walked past and sort of said hello to him and he went oh yeah yeah had a fight with him yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I sort of look at that and think well there is a certain character there's that kind of like you know tough northerner which I guess when he was young was a coping mechanism to be kind of like lifted out of New Zealand and you know brought up um to the north of England and having to sort of get on with it, yeah. Which he channeled, channeled into cricket. I mean, he must have he must have excelled at cricket very early on because he was into sort of the England setup. I mean, Joe Root was saying that they were playing with each other. What was it when they were twelve or thirteen, something like that? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's easy to say now, isn't it? And it, even for somebody like Joe Root, it's easy to say that you know Stokes clearly was a talent at that age. Mm. Um, but then he lived five minutes from the ground and by all accounts he was there yeah. every minute of the day that allowed yeah so he's uh, he's obviously always had a passion for it and the drive crucially to uh, to make a success of well, it that is it I mean you know, pretty much in any walk of life but I think particularly in professional sport whatever it is those that are at the top table of whatever sport it is do all have that same commitment drive energy pushing the limits you know, in the way that he's done. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, football, um, all of those that make it easy, whether it's Cristiano Ronaldo, whether it's David Beckham, whoever, um, Carlin, all of, all of these, but behind the sort of shiny front cover, 
there's an incredible with all of them you, you hear stories about how they train the amount of times they train the commitment and, and the pushing hmm. to the limit and that's that's really where it comes in because I think you know what separates them from us mere mortals is the fact that they do have that ability to go that extra that extra bit yeah but then does it does it create a slight dent in the character is, there a, is there a weakness there that's is there is there a little hole that's created by all of the focus being on the training and that dedication mm. I, I think it is and I think you know when you watch and there was some, there was quite, some quite interesting uh, clips that were played with the set with the stunt mic turned up yeah with a bit of the um with a bit of the i mean we know sledging and banter's always gone i always love watching that kind of thing and it's almost a shame that they don't include that in the live coming mean, obviously they can't because of the language no um but i always love watching those things and uh, i remember that there was that other one wasn't there with jimmy anderson and um mitchell johnson yeah 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 yeah, not chirping now. Mate. Not, <laughs> not chirping now, mate. You're not getting wickets. Yeah. Very next ball. Yeah. And then the further, was it Freddie Flintoff and Tino Best? Man, oh, that's a classic. <laughs> yeah. And there's loads of it. I think even there's another one which I think if you go on YouTube, you just do cricket, famous cricket sledges or something like that. And there are compilations there. And there was some. There was Sankara um, with the gloves on uh, in South Africa and. Um, God, I always forget his name. He's on commentary for South Africa at the moment. Gingerhead Pollock. Pollock, yeah. Pollock's at the, just walking out to bat <coughs> and Sanger's just stood there going, he's got all the weight of the whole country on his shoulders now. Can you imagine what that must be like? Oh, my word, I wouldn't want that <laughs> level of expectation. Because, you know, Sanger's so well-spoken. You know? Yeah. Um, they're no bad language. Oh, the level of expectation. I can't imagine what it would be like. Um, but yeah, I do like I do like that aspect of it, and, and you know, sort of functional. That is when you go to all these dinners and uh, you know these sort of expos are there, and you get these stories that come out from the from the dressing room and, uh, yeah. and all the rest of it. You, you tend to hear the same story attributed to five or six different <laughs> different players if you go to enough dinners. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to listen to the whole full-length radio show, head to phoenixfm.com and look for 98 Not Out. (laughs) 